a Monday morning, and you know what that means. Dreamers, welcome back to the Isolation Station Club. This is Does Does Disney, and I'm your host. It's me. It's me. It's the DOZ. Landon the Does Don't, kicking your week off the right way with a little bit of news coming out of the house of the mouse in Orlando, Florida. We're talking Walt Disney World. And when I say welcome back to the Isolation Station of Love, welcome back to the Isolation Station of Love for the very first time in the year 2023. Hope y'all had an amazing new year, a safe new year. Happy holidays as well. We took a little bit of time off here at Does Does Disney to celebrate the holidays, to celebrate the ringing in of the New Year's. But we are back 2023. I would say better than ever, but yeah, y'all know the standards and expectations I bring to the table. So we'll just say we're back. But I do say we are back because at this point, I would like to bring on my co-host, my tag team partner. You know him. You love him. He is the podfather of this very fine podcast. He has his own podcast, a big show coming up this Tuesday night. We're going to be talking about it a little bit later. The past Holders Lounge. He is my friend and yours. It's Justin freaking Monorail. Jay, how we doing? Happy New Year, buddy. Well, it's the DOZ on the POD welcoming me to talk some Walt Disney. What's up, everybody? It's 2023, and the Podfather is back to drop a rhyme on you fools. Woo! What's up, everybody? JC in the hizzy. I don't know what happened. I have no idea why that happened. I think I've had too much coffee. <laughs> Wow, I don't think we're topping that, not only this episode or this year, so uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, that was uh, that was something. Uh, we will definitely be clipping that and uh, uh, playing that back in the future. That was uh, phenomenal. Thank you for uh, dropping that uh, fat beat on us, <laughs> I guess. Hey, you know what? Um, there's a first time for everything, and that's my first time I've ever attempted any kind of freestyle. So... <laughs> You're welcome to everyone. Happy New Year. Yeah, there's a first time and uh, a lot of listeners are probably hoping uh, there's a last time for that Me as too. well. But uh, Same. Wow. Uh, but uh, good to see you, man. Hope you did have a good New Year's. And uh, thanks for joining us here in the Isolation Station of Love to talk a little bit of uh, Disney news. Absolutely. I am always happy and honored to be here with you, Landon the Dawzdone, and and I wouldn't want to kick off the podcasting season of 2023 uh, any other way than right here. And I and thrilled to be doing this as sort of like a warm up for Tuesday night. So let's yeah. do it. Tuesday night is going to be a big show for the Passholder Lounge, changing up the format. But we will be talking about that later because off the top, this is a big news story for me personally and kind of for you as well. Because in a previous podcasting life. This is an attraction that was down for the entire run of your podcast. I don't know if you realize this or not, but over the Christmas, I, I guess right before Christmas dropped, an early Christmas present came to the Magic Kingdom in the Walt Disney World Railroad reopening right before Christmas after a nearly 1,500-day closure the first train to accept yes was the walter e disney train of course the e stands for eggplant uh a new narration did debut uh and part of the reason it did close for again nearly 1500 days was because of the non-stop construction of the tron light cycle run roller coaster which we think will be making its debut sometime later this year um 
I'm a big fan of this railroad attraction. It has felt like the Magic Kingdom has been missing something while the railroad has been closed, while it has been being refurbished. Um, I've yet to ride the new version of this uh, attraction. I've yet to hear the new narration that comes with this iteration of the railroad, but I am excited that it is up and running. And if you know anything about Walt, have, he, he was a massive train honk. So it does feel like the Magic Kingdom is kind of whole again, so to speak. I would agree. This is a milestone and it's exciting. It's crazy how long the Walt Disney World Railroad was out of commission. Um, I'm so glad that it's back. And speaking of huge train honks, I can't wait to hear the huge train honk <laughs> as it goes around the tracks making the grand circle tour of, of the Magic Kingdom Park. I also enjoy riding the Walt Disney World Railroad. And for those of you who maybe have never done this before, it's not just like transportation from one station to another station in the park. There's a beautiful narration. You get to see some little vignettes of scenes that they've set up, especially like over in the Frontierland side. And now you get to go through a brand new tunnel over by the Tron coaster. Um, I was kind of hoping, because I have watched some video of this, I was hoping that in the Tron coaster tunnel, there was going to be like neon lights and like cool, like hologram stuff that you get to see as you go through there. Because it would almost be like the train is sort of taking you through time um, as you as you travel around Magic Kingdom Park. Unfortunately, it's just a tunnel and there are some windows, <laughs> but you can look over and see the Tron coaster running. So at night, it'll probably look cool. I would say, but I, I haven't been on it yet. Maybe I will today because breaking news, I just made myself a Magic Kingdom Park reservation. Oh, there we go. All right. Well, hopefully uh, when you join us next week, you can uh, hopefully give us a in-person update on the newly reopened Walt Disney World Railroad after almost 1500 days. That's, that's, that's crazy. But then again, I mean, it went down because of Tron Light Cycle Run construction and that it just, it's, it's the never ending construction of the Tron light cycle run. But like I said, we do think Tron is going to open sometime in the spring. Um, and there has been a little bit of news talking on the Tron light cycle run uh, that kind of broke right before me and Jay sat down in the virtual studios. And this is kind of a milestone and a first for Walt Disney World. Disney has confirmed that quote, all loose articles must be stored in lockers at or left with non-riders, in quote, in order to ride the Tron light cycle run at Magic Kingdom. This is the first implementation of a locker system for a Walt Disney World roller coaster. Now, Disney typically allows guests to store items at their feet or in a pouch on the roller coaster itself. Now, there are other lockers around the uh, Walt Disney World Resort, but they are optional, particularly uh, the Kali River Rapids. Uh, they have a system where you can put stuff in lockers if you don't want to get them drenched. But again, that's optional over at Cali River. But talking on Tron Light Cycle Run, this is mandatory. If you want to get on Tron, you got to use the locker. Very similar over at Universal Studios. If you want to get on Hulk, you got to put your stuff in a locker. Uh, Jay, this is this is a first for Disney. Uh, this is this is kind of a big deal, I think. Yeah, it is. I think if we had really thought this through, we probably could have predicted that this was going to be the case because when you ride the Tron light cycle run, it's a you're, you're stepping onto essentially what looks like a motorcycle and mm -hmm. there is no place for you to like put a bag. 
in that case. You know, I, I could imagine them having like pouches or something for if you wanted to put like your cell phone in. I don't know if they do, but apparently, you know, this ride is is going to be one where and it's it's a couple of things. It's for safety, but but also just logistically, like there's just no place for bags. People bring in these giant bags uh, when they come to the parks, and it's just not going to work on this ride. And you don't want stuff like that flying off the coaster. Um, no. At, at any point. Um, so it makes sense that they do it. Um, I was thinking it, 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 to me, you're right. Like Hulk is, is one that's required. The first one that came to my mind, of course, is Velocicoaster. Um, but they, it, it, the fact that they're mandatory, um, I, I just think that it, you know, it's, it's something that we'll get used to. And it sort of makes me wonder... Do you think in the future this is something that Disney could do more of? Because this is going to be the first in their mag or their Orlando parks. I wonder if, as they expand out and do some different things, if it may become a little more common for them to require you to to use lockers on various attractions. I don't know. I mean, as the situation calls for it, I don't think that Disney is going to be opposed to it because I mean they're now setting uh, expectations with the implementation of this for Tron. Yeah. Now, uh, you might be wondering what they do in the Shanghai version at Shanghai Disneyland because there is a Tron light cycle run that is either very similar to what we're getting in Magic Kingdom or it's a straight copy paste. In the Shanghai Disney version, there is a cart system that allows for guests to keep larger items through the queue, placing them in the cart just before the loading, just before loading into the mm -hmm. ride, or they have a, a small valuable storage compartment within the vehicle that might hold say phones ah. or sunglasses, but nothing super large. Yeah. But it doesn't look like Disney's going that route. They are implementing mandatory locker systems. Um, so I guess when you are down, you and your party for Tron Light Cycle Run, go ahead and put in the back of your mind, you are going to have to add some time to go secure a locker to secure your items before you secure a spot in line for Tron Light Cycle Run. Another one that I was thinking of you have to do at Universal is Rip Ride Rocket. Oh, yeah. I I would think that this system is going to be similar to that system where you're going to have like kind of like some bays that you go into before you get into the main queue. Um, and and, you know, they're, they're they'll have maybe different size lockers based on what you need. But that's that's sort of what I'm picturing mm -hmm. as, as how it's going to work on Tron. Well, and, and I'm kind of surprised that Disney is making this announcement now. I mean, granted, if they were going to make the announcement, they would definitely do it before the opening of Tron Light Cycle Run, but they're doing it now, and especially if they are going to be implementing what you have in mind, if it is going to be in the queue or areas near the queue, you would think we would see them building those areas or installing the lockers ahead of time. Because, I mean, like, like walls around Tron... Construction, as we lovingly call it on podcasts, uh, they're starting to come down. So we are starting to get closer to Tron A being built and Tron opening, even though it did start like way back in February 2018. Uh, I'm I'm kind of surprised uh, that, that that this is this is this is actually happening at Disney. I mean, I mean, obviously, safety wise, this is a good move because you don't want, you know, uh, somebody's purse to be flung out, up, off of Tron light cycle run and go careening into uh, into the Tomorrowland Speedway or something like that. But but um, yeah, kind of kind of a big deal. 
So now that you mentioned that, that just made me think about the fact that lines at Disney can get absurdly long. Yes. Um, and so I would bet now thinking about that, and because we haven't seen them building lockers like way out front of Tron, I maybe it is more Velocicoaster style where you'll go through a majority of the queue and then once you're close, you have to put stuff in a locker because otherwise they would have to build a ton of lockers <laughs> to be able to handle the capacity that's that this line will eventually get to. Now, I know more than likely this is going to be like a virtual queue when it opens. Have they announced that? I can't remember if we talked about that. I don't think they've announced it being virtual queue, but just based on Disney's track record for their new attractions, especially when they first open, one has to assume it's going to be virtual queue. I bet it will for at least the beginning. Yes. And then maybe it goes the way of the Ratatouille adventure mm -hmm. where yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it goes I, to mm -hmm. standby. Yes. Um, but but I do think in the beginning they'll do that so they'll be able to ma manage the line a little bit that way. But, I mean, two hours worth of people in a line, that's a whole lot of people to be using lockers. So that being in mind, I bet they're going to be much closer to the actual like station where you would get on the the light cycle run and and then you get off and then they don't have to have nearly as many lockers that makes more sense mm -hmm. and and i i'm wondering what system they're gonna have in place where cast members emphasize when people get in line have you gone to the locker have you put your stuff in the locker reminding yeah. guests as they're through the queue is your stuff in the locker yeah because you know there are going to be people that inexplicably will get in the line and didn't hit up the locker and then they're loading into their into their bike and then it's like oh sir why do you have like keys and a wallet and an iphone and a, and a gopro like 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 why why like and yeah. it, so what system is disney going to implement in situations like that where they have to go all the way out of the queue to the lockers is that person just going to be bumped to the back of the line are they going to have you know a cast member be like okay just go through the side door then come back through here and we'll, we'll we'll put you at the at the front of the line is this person's entire party going to be pulled is the is, is the party going to be able to ride without said person i'm very curious to see how this is going to play out Oh, well, you know, normally in these in the situation like I described with Velocicoaster, after you put your stuff in the locker, there's like a little checkpoint sort of that you have to go through where a cast member would be there. And if you didn't put what you were supposed to in the locker, you're like, hey, you, you can't get in the line yet. Okay. Go put okay. Yeah. So I would assume that's what's going to be. Um, we'll see. We're This is funny. We've talked about lockers this long. I don't think I've ever <laughs> talked about lockers this long in my life. Is this what locker room talk is? Yes, I don't know. Yes, as a matter of fact, this is exactly what the locker room talk that you heard <laughs> so much about uh, in the uh, 2016 presidential election. This is exactly what they were talking about. We should put a warning on the front of this podcast and say, hey, hey, listen, people, uh, NSFW, there's going to be locker room talk. Lots on this of episode. locker room talk, tons <laughs> of locker room talk. But I, I mean, I guess it's not that surprising a roller coaster like Tron Light Cycle Run is going to implement locker requirements. But another roller coaster that I guess if it was opening now in 2023 that could require a locker situation. Heading over to Hollywood Studios is Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith, but no locker requirement is being announced as of yet. I say as of yet because Rock and Roller Coaster will be closing starting February 20th for a lengthy refurbishment that will last into this summer. As of this recording, a reopening date has not 
been identified. Now, no changes to the attraction are expected as part of the work that has been described as, quote, routine maintenance. Disney's statement on the closure is, quote, beginning February 20th, 2023, Rock and Roller Coaster starring Aerosmith will temporarily close for refurbishment. The Rocktastic attraction will resume its stretch limo rides in summer 2023, end quote. Now, Disney says that there will be no change to the attraction, but of course, that does not stop the internet from speculating, oh, is now the time that Disney is going to pull the plug on featuring Aerosmith on this attraction? And there has been some recent allegations made against Steven Tyler way in the past, so people are saying now now Disney might actually pull Aerosmith from Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, I... If... I'm, I'm not here to speculate on the allegations made against Steven Tyler or B, if Disney is going to pull Aerosmith, but if they are going to pull Aerosmith, I don't think it's going to be here because this is, again, being described as routine maintenance. Attractions like this, every now and then you have to kind of give them some TLC to make sure, you know, they stay on the track and guests stay safe. Hey, nice turn of phrase there. Um, do you think they might take this opportunity to just retheme it in the minions. Ooh, I love that idea. I mean, it seems like the minions are taking over everything. I realize that's a universal property, but why stop at Universal? Why not put the minions into the rock and roller coaster? Do it now because it's an inevitability. You cannot deny mm -hmm. the minions, they are inevitable. Um, actually, <laughs> real suggestion that space. Okay, look, here's the deal. We all know eventually. Eventually, and I'm not suggesting this should happen soon, but eventually Muppet Vision 3D is going to go away at some point. I, I strongly believe that that will happen. I don't want it to happen. Jay, Jay. I don't want it to happen. Jay. But it's too close to Star Wars land. And I think that being sitting right there between Star Tours yeah. and Galaxy's Edge makes it very dangerous for Kermit and the gang to stick around too much longer unless they turn it into pigs in space and they're all of a sudden in Star Wars. I unfortunately have had this exact conversation with a loved one over the last week. So yes, yes, I know, I know. That being the case, why not take the opportunity to move the Muppets over to Hollywood Boulevard and make this ride themed Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, please? Why not? It's perfect. That would and be it would phenomenal. be timeless. It would be so much fun. That ride is silly and goofy and it could be, I feel like the, the Muppets would fit perfectly in there. And you don't have to worry about, like, somebody saying something and getting canceled on Twitter if you were to put, I don't know, <laughs> Nickelback in there. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry that Gonzo is going to go on a uh, on a QAnon rant on TikTok or something. <laughs> exactly. So I think we're fine, unless all of a sudden people have a problem with his relationship with Clara, the chicken. Oh, is yeah, that that's true. Clara? Yeah. Um, though, but... though, that type of relationship plays very big in certain parts of America. Never mind. But um, I was gonna, I was gonna, th I was gonna <laughs> throw out a power line, uh, retheme it into power yeah. line. I, 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 work I think that would be cool. But I love the idea of retheming it into Doctor Teeth. Uh, that would, that would be great. And I can't believe that independently we, he recently both had the same thought about how it's like uh, Muppets is in a very precarious spot. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they're in the crosshair. They really good. are. I mean, yeah. especially as you put it, uh, being right in between Star Tours and Galaxy's Edge, because if there's going to be an expansion of Batuu, I mean, 
they they they, they sure yeah. as hell ain't gonna be expanding into Toy Story Land. That's for sure. Exactly. And, exactly. And and even though even though we are all hashtag Save the Muppets on this podcast on previous podcast iterations, we we even have a Muppet story we're gonna be talking about a little bit later. They are in a uh, maybe in the crosshairs as you unfortunately so aptly put it. Um, uh, but. Rock and Roller Coaster isn't the only attraction in Hollywood Studios that's going down for uh, refurbishment or continues refurbishment. Heck, let's throw them up. It's into this one. Uh, according to cast members at the Tower of Terrors, uh, that attraction is undergoing refurbishment on elevator shafts, though it does remain open during the previous refurbishments. Now, try and keep up. There's a lot of Echoes and Tangos and Foxtrots. These are code names for the elevator shafts themselves. Uh, as a refresher, Tower of Terror was operating at half capacity from February 6th, 2022 through June 25th of 2022. During that time, the two leftmost elevator shafts, Echo, were closed and maintenance was done on the drop tower ride. The rightmost elevator shafts, Foxtrot, remained open, but wait times roughly doubled with what was expected due to the reduced capacity. This information comes from Blog Mickey. Now it looks like the Foxtrot shaft is closed for maintenance, perhaps closing on or around November 8th of last year. If the maintenance schedule follows through the Echo refurbishment, Blog Mickey is speculating uh, we could expect elevated wait times to continue through March. And um, that's that's kind of, kind of, again, I understand you have to maintain your ride. You got to give them some TLC to make sure they stay safe. Um, but that's, that's, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow because it seems like here recently, the only time Tower of Terror is in the news or anybody talks about it is just the crazy, insane wait times. Even even in the after hour events that we saw debut last week, uh, uh, Hollywood Studios after dark or whatever they called it, the, the the wait times for Tower of Terror were just insane. Yeah, yeah. When it's when the capacity is down on Tower of Terror, it, it gets out of hand fast. Mm -hmm. it, 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 out of hand fast is a great way to put it. And that queue, depending on what day you go you are exposed to the elements, whether it be one of those fun uh, Florida thunderstorms that, you know, just uh, draunches you or that fun Florida sun that uh, roasts you. Uh, that cue does not give you any any help hiding from the elements uh, for the most part. And especially no. in the heat on that, on that blacktop, ooh, you roast real fast. I remember during the uh, social distancing era of the Tower of Terror cue that Sometimes you would get in that line and it would be stretched like all the way down like Hollywood Boulevard. Or actually, they ran us one time like way down the road, like towards the Fantasmic Theater. And you could just you go into areas of Hollywood Studios that previously you did not know existed. Uh, but you're right. Like no matter where you are in that line, it's very exposed. And, and yeah, I, I just I love Tower of Terror so much. But when it's down to one uh, one elevator shaft, I tend to. I, I just don't even consider getting in line for it. It just takes too long. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame because it's it, it's a killer attraction and, and it's a must-do attraction, in my opinion, when you are in Hollywood Studios. But sometimes if it's, if it's running at half capacity, which it pretty much has for the last year and looks to continue for the next little bit, I mean, some days it's just not an option just because you're going to spend 
what, 25, 30, 40% of your day waiting in line for Tower of Terror. Yeah. Why do that when you can go to Baseline Tap House and get the monorail special, baby? Exactly. Yeah. Order the monorail. Mono, order the monorail. <laughs> Landon, how many monorail specials have you had today? Let me tell you something over right here. <laughs> I've been drinking Diet Coke and water. What is going on? I think I might just be having a stroke. It's fine. Uh, order the monorail special and they will respond to you. Say, what? Yeah. What? After all that, after I bungled the joke seven times, that was the payoff. Uh, uh, remember when I said uh, New Year, uh, be back and better than ever? This is why I didn't say that. Okay, so uh, you did mention Phantasmic and the overflow of Tower of Terror would sometime lead you into Phantasmic Studios, Stadium, Bowl. Arena. Arena. Ooh, I like that. Phantasmic Arena. Um, Disney has recently brought back Phantasmic to uh, Fantastic Reviews, ah, wow, I'm, I'm really trying mm -hmm. over here. But Disney has announced the uh, schedule for Fantasmic for the remainder of the month with some uh, slight changes. So they're possibly moving to an off-season performance starting later this month on January 17th. Uh, essentially starting January 17th, it's gonna look like Tuesday through Friday, an 8 p.m. showing. Saturday through Monday, you're gonna have that 8 p.m. showing. But in addition to that, you're gonna have a 9.30 p.m. showing as well. It's likely they're moving to that off-season schedule as the crowds dip a little bit between the holiday season and spring break. Now, of course, the schedule is subject to change and once spring break comes around, we all know everybody and their mom wants to head down to Walt Disney World for spring break. So I would assume we will be seeing more times added or they'll go back to that two show a night schedule on a more regular basis, moving away from just Saturday, Sunday, Monday options so um if you do want to see phantasmic i look forward to seeing it when i'm down in february myself seeing the new iteration uh make note of what day you're going to be in the parks if it's just going to be an 8 p.m option or you're going to have that 8 p.m and 9 30 option to see the show uh jay have you seen the new phantasmic i have not seen the updated version no i i'm a phantasmic fan I will say I think it did need like a little uh, freshening because the last time I saw it, I enjoyed it, but I was like, I mean, if, if you hadn't seen it, then I feel like it's worth going to see. If you're someone who has like a lot of nostalgia connected to it, I totally get it. But I could see going to it and being like, okay, that was cool. And then sort of being like one and done. Um, so I'm glad that they have freshened it up a little bit and I, and I will eventually make it in there and go see it. Maybe, maybe I'll go see it when you're in town. That'd be a good time. To Ooh, do that would be fun. Perfect time to go see it, as a matter of fact. And uh, kind of echoing what I said about the uh, railroad in Magic Kingdom, uh, Magic Kingdom missing a piece, so to speak. When Fantasmic was down in Hollywood Studios, I kind of felt like it too was missing a piece. So I'm glad Fantasmic yeah. is back up and running, giving Hollywood Studios that, you know, nighttime show that 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 good night yeah. kiss so the to speak finale. exactly yeah yeah. yeah yeah to send the send the crowd home happy so to speak that's right i think that it's good to have that uh sort of nightcap to your to your day in the studios and you know they do those uh they do the shows in front of the chinese theater with the fireworks like the star wars show and the animation show and those are those are good too those are fun but like phantasmic really feels like uh it, it feels like more of a of an event to mm -hmm. attend at the end of the night for sure and, and and i do think they stepped up the game when it came to fireworks and the animation projections in front of the chinese theater because of the lack of phantasmic but it's like like i don't know it's like like 
in my opinion, you can't end your you can't truly end your night in Hollywood Studios without Fantasmic. So I am so I am glad that experience is back. But on the flip side, if you can do without Fantasmic, that is a crowd drawer, that is a people eater, so to speak. So that means, in theory, lines for stuff like Slinky Dog, Rise of the Resistance, uh, Tower of Terror, we previously mentioned, Rock and Roller Coaster, we previously mentioned. There are going to be less people in lines for something like that. So um, make note of when the time of the show is going to be, even if you're not planning on attending, because in theory, uh, there should be less people in lines for attractions you and your party want to check out. Wow, that's a great tip, Landon. What, is that what you're bringing to the table in 2023? Actual usable tips for people visiting Walt Disney World? I'm I'm so excited. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do not start <laughs> spreading that rumor. Lower your expectations. <laughs> see, Value to the customer. See, this is what I'm bringing to the table. I'm bringing to the table that Cali River Rapids is going into scheduled refurbishment starting today and will reopen on March 17th. That's what I'm bringing to the table. And the and the collective crowd says, Meh. And the crowd goes mild. I do not like this attraction, like at all. Same. Like, 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 I, I know there are people out there that do like this attraction, but it's like, for me, this attraction does not move the needle one bit. If there is a chance that I'm gonna get drenched on a ride, it better be either super thrilling or really immersively themed. It sucks that this ride was sort of like gutted before it even started because I think there could have been so much more to it. I believe this was something that was talked about like on the Imagineering story. Um, but like, yeah, it could have been so much more. To me, it just doesn't do much. You've got raft rides at pretty much any amusement park. You can go to Six Flags and ride raft rides. Like it's just, mm -hmm. and it to me, it's it isn't Disney-fied enough. So I'm sorry. I know there are people that love it, and I and I and I'm not trying to yuck your yum enjoy what you enjoy but for me i just it's there's so much better things to do in animal kingdom and we'll be talking about those on tuesday night <laughs> well and and i think i think you said the reason this doesn't move the needle for me this is just this is just a raft ride there's no disney to this attraction in disney um this is kind of a dime a dozen at least in my opinion and and like jay said it's like I don't want to rain on your parade. I don't want to yuck your yum. I think you said that's a, as a, as a neat way to put it. Like what you like. Um, but for me, this this doesn't do anything for me. If, and and if, if I'm going to get drenched on an attraction at Disney, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be Splash Mountain. Or here in a couple of weeks, it would have been Splash Mountain. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Or Frozen occasionally. If yes. You're, if, you're, <laughs> if, you're, if you're the, the Lotus and you're an inch tall. Yeah, yeah. If, if you ask my mom. Frozen. Frozen is an attraction <laughs> that will get you just head to toe, just so. <laughs> it will make you feel like you're drowning in the boat. <laughs> All right, let's park hop over to Epcot. Some big news coming out of Epcot this week. They did announce the menu for the upcoming Festival of the Arts, or as it's lovingly called on this podcast, farts uh because you know festival of the arts f arts farts farts are hilarious ladies and gentlemen oh that, now I, now i get it that okay. is what i'm bringing to the podcast <laughs> in 2023 so buckle up baby we're here for <laughs> fart jokes um instead of going line by line item by item um the the menu is out there i would uh suggest and Heck, recommend looking at the menu if you and your party are going to be heading it down and celebrating the Festival of the Arts ahead of time. Kind of uh, give yourself an idea if there's an item 
you really want to try, make a mental note, because when you are down there, it can be kind of overwhelming, and you can miss some food items uh, as you walk around the World Showcase or as you walk around Epcot as a whole. But I mean, like, that's that's kind of the draw. That's kind of the appeal whenever you go down to a festival in Epcot is some of the unique food and beverage offerings you can get. Um, Jay, is a local, I feel like you get to experience these food and beverage options more so than somebody like myself. So um, the 2023 options offerings, whatever you want to call them, of the Festival of the Arts menu. What are your thoughts compared to what we're getting the rest of the year, say, from something like uh, the Festival of uh, uh, Food and Wine, which is something that is specifically all about food and beverage options? Yeah, you know, I'd never got to do Festival of the Arts prior to being a local and now that I'm here, I've done it a couple of times and I got to tell you, I, I love it. It's it's quickly jumped up my list in terms of rankings of Epcot festivals and the food is one of the reasons. And the, and really, it's because the food, the presentation of the food at Festival of the Arts is where it's at. Like it's so, everything is so like beautifully thought through how like how they played it, how they present it. It's not just about like, oh, here's something maybe you haven't tried. That's a little you know, weird from Morocco or something like that. It's it's really more about like, well, here's an interesting flavor and we can make it look in this really cool like way, it, the way we present it on the plate. And I got to tell you, I feel like the variety of food is better at the Festival of the Arts. Mm. And I feel like there's more things that are like appealing and interesting to me um, on the menus at Festival of the Arts. So I highly rate the food and drink offerings as compared to like, say, Flower and Garden or food and wine i i i i love food and wine i love festival of the arts i i mean i love uh flower and garden i think if i had to pick just one lineup of food booths and say this is the one is this one is my favorite it would be festival of the arts wow that's uh yeah. that's that's kind of surprising it's not so much flower and garden because you go down to flower and garden to see the amazing topiaries the the, the pieces of art that these amazing minds can come up with. But to hear it ranked over food and wine, because again, it is food and wine. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know that's shocking, but I'm just telling you. Because here's the thing. I've sort of like, I, I, I've I gotten away from doing a lot of like the wine and the cocktail and beer offerings at food and wine, because I'm just like, I, it's it's hard to justify. It's a high price point for just a little tasting that, that you true. get. Mm -hmm. Unless it's something that you just really want to try. I would much rather go into the Spice Road table bar and get like a full pour of something and, and move on. But the food and the drink, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm just telling you, like if you're just going food for food, 100% for, in my opinion, Festival of the Arts outperforms. So if that is interesting to you, I highly encourage you all to, to get down there and give it a try and you know going through the menu this year like you can even see um I, we're looking at a blog mickey article but also like the disney uh, parks blog they always put out the tasting menus and things like that just mm -hmm. just look at the pictures yes like they're they're amazing they look so good i like, mean all, uh, of, it, it, all of this what you described like like it's it's the way they they present it and stuff like that it it 
it jumps off the plate. It you almost kind of hesitate eating or drinking yeah. it. it. It looks yeah. just so dang cool. And of course, it's like you know they're gonna people be out there, you know, doing it for the gram. So I mean, this this stuff is very presentable for your social media needs, and 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 it probably tastes pretty dang good too. So there's it does there's that, and and it's like I do I do think you make a good point when it comes to particularly the drink options. Uh, on the alcoholic side, it's like, it is a high price point for a little pour. And I've noticed that the last couple of times I've been down in Epcot for the festival offerings, because it seems like nowadays there's always a festival running in Epcot. Yes. <laughs> and, and, unless you're there like one of what, like 12 days when, when, when the <laughs> calendars, like, like it's not overlapping festivals or something like that. But I... <laughs> These are very pretty to look at. They are unique as well. Um, I'm, I'm gonna. I, I think I previously mentioned. Um, I am gonna be down in February, and it just so happens that my trip is going to be towards the end of Festival of the Arts. So I'm looking forward to trying some of these foods, trying some of these drinks, um, uh, and taking in some of the art because the art that they do and they present like some of the chalk art is just so incredible and i love that yeah. oh it's so dang cool but uh talking on the food it's like even though i said it's like you know it's a high price point low poor point um i'm i'm still gonna end up getting some some beverages so to speak uh uh, it, you're going to have your beer flights. There are new offerings from different breweries that uh, I've never been exposed to. So me, of course, ooh, I want to try that. It's like we got a Boulevard Brewing Company, a, a farmhouse ale. I will definitely try out. I saw a uh, a sour that I'm pretty sure the Smoking Hot Girlfriend will want to try out. The Ivanhoe Park Brewing Company Berries and Cream Sour Burliner. Uh, that sounds pretty interesting. Uh, interesting, good or bad. I'll have to report back after my trip in February, but it's like just going through these pictures. It's just so dang cool to look at. Then on top of that, it, it, it tastes really, I'm assuming it tastes really good too. It's like the vibrant and vivado uh, Encanto uh, Cochina uh, between Morocco and France. I mean, uh, chorizo and potato empanada. Not only does it look cool, it sounds amazing too. So if, if you want to eat good and it looks cool too, uh, I'm super excited for, uh, the farts coming up yeah I, and you should be you should be have you done festival of the arts before yes yes i have uh okay i want to say i first did it in 2019 i think and and i just so happened to be down in epcot while it was going on and i had no idea what it was until i was you know in the festival itself and i was just blown away it's like this is really cool yeah it's awesome it's it's a good time there's so many cool things to see, and and I I enjoy going into the uh, the the uh, what do you call it the big festival building that they have behind the UK uh, pavilion where you don't get to go there very much, but they use it for festivals, and and in there they've got so much artwork to look at. I'm always tempted to try to take something home, and then my wallet's like, no, no, yep, no, every not year, so fast, every year. <laughs> <laughs> but I like looking at oh, it. Exactly. It's a good time. Yeah. One thing I'll say is is Unless unless you're sending someone a picture of something that you may want to buy, um, be be very considerate of the artist and don't take pictures of the art and put it on social media. Um, you know that's something that's frowned upon. But feel free to take it in and take your mental snapshots as much as you want to. Um, lots of cool stuff. Yeah. 
that's that that's a good piece of advice looks are free but but don't go snapshotting and put it on social because these artists i mean they they put they put the dang work into into stuff like that and that's that's you know that's their work that's that's literally from their hands to paper pen to paper or or paintbrush to paper how however it's done <laughs> uh in in that particular artist's case uh if you're down for a festival of the arts, you're going to see some really cool stuff. You're going to have the option to eat and drink some really cool stuff. And I do want to emphasize, I keep saying drink. There are non-alcoholic offerings available. And I am glad to see that Disney is making more non-alcoholic options to those that don't want to, you know, go down to Epcot and, you know, just get sloshed. Uh, you do have that option to have a non-alcoholic drink made available to you. So, uh don't be scared off just hearing drinks and think, oh, great, I'm going to pay $11.95 and, and just have nothing but booze. It it, it it ain't like that. Your options aren't going to be limited to water and Diet Coke. That's what I'm saying. Agree. That's what, that's what I'm yeah. saying. But yep. a, another cool thing that is going to be at the Festival of the Arts uh, is actually returning. Uh, you might remember this little plastic f made quite the uh quite the impact last year we're talking the figment popcorn bucket is making his return disney announced uh that it will be back for the 2023 festival of the arts uh you might remember last year we named a whole podcast after he made quite the kerfuffle uh on his <laughs> debut uh quickly drew up to a seven hour wait to get this little guy um in a popcorn bucket form uh did not get one last year was a little bit bummed out jay i believe you too did not get one last year right i, I struck out yeah true so um hopefully our uh options and luck will be a little bit better this year now disney i think did learn after the initial oh god what did we do um debut uh they started implementing uh mobile order options a mobile order system for the figment popcorn bucket and it seemed like that worked a little bit better um you were able to i guess know if you were going to be able to get one or you didn't have to stand in line and be disappointed several hours later rather That's um true. so uh i'm excited to see uh figment come back he will be available uh starting january 13th when the festival of the arts debuts and uh through the 20th of February when the festival shuts down and hopefully this is a sign of things to come whenever uh, the Festival of the Arts does show up the Figment Popcorn Bucket will be made available because it does seem to be quite the popular item oh and Landon what I just saw something that I didn't realize about this year's Figment Popcorn Bucket uh oh what it's going to have a special Epcot 40 strap added to it that last year's didn't have Oh, hell yeah. Hell now, yes. my heart is going to be even more broken when I don't get one this year. <laughs> well, that just means you're going to have to get one then, dude. Oh, God. You're going to have to get one. I have to. Somehow. Somehow, some way, I need to manifest it. I will get one this year. It's going to happen. Mm. He does look really cool, though. It does. He's a cute little guy. He is. He it, Well, and, and plus, it's like... I. I Anytime Figment is getting love from Disney, I mean, like, like a two thumbs up, and this was insanely popular. Like, again, people were waiting up to seven hours. Now, granted, this was the day it debuted, 
and granted this was a bunch of people it's like yes i want 15 of these so i can sell them on ebay and it's like okay Ugh, that 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 sucks but disney implemented the mobile order system cut down on that and Seemed like people, if they wanted to get one, with the exception of Jay and myself, they were able to get one. So hopefully this will go much smoother than it did last year. And hopefully, like I said, this will now be a yearly thing. Whenever farts rolls around, here comes figment popcorn. So Yeah. And maybe just change the strap every year. Why not? But um, I'm excited. I am going to try to get in the mix and get one this year. I hope that it happens, especially knowing that it's going to have the Epcot 40 adornment. Um, if you want to get one on eBay, they're out there. They're $140. And I started thinking, yeah, <laughs> I started thinking, though, imagine, okay, so you can either pay $140 on eBay or you could stand in line for seven hours, which I know is not, this is not going to happen this year because of the mobile ordering. But, I mean, it's sort of a wash because how much does it cost to get an Epcot for a day? I mean, and you've yeah. basically spent your whole day in line. You've and you have to, on top of your ticket, buy, buy the, the popcorn, popcorn bucket. bucket. Yeah. So, I mean, hmm. for people who couldn't go, it's it's about the same. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, but I mean, one would have to imagine when Festival of the Arts starts later this week, because I did just look at my calendar and realized that January thirteenth is this Friday. By the way, Happy Friday the thirteenth, Jason Voorhees. Stay away from Camp Crystal Lake this week. Uh, that that is another free piece of uh, advice from uh, myself. Um, you would have to imagine once more of these figment popcorn buckets are entered into the wild, so to speak. Um, those prices should come down. You would hope. But now this year they're going to have a special strap on them. Yeah, and and you know us <laughs> Disney collectors and us Epcot fans are going to pay extra for the strap. So uh, who knows? I'll be very interested to see what the price on the secondary markets for the figment popcorn buckets will look like. But hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully you and your party you, could, you got a trip down to, down to Epcot plan and you can get one of these uh, one of these lovely little guys and. Uh, we won't see the same uh, disaster piece we saw last year when he made his debut. But uh, super excited that Figment is coming back in popcorn bucket form. Uh, fingers crossed I'll be able to bring one home so I can add to my ever-growing collection of plastic things I can dust. But another plastic thing I intend to buy so I can bring it home and dust made its debut in Epcot this past week. We are talking a Sam Eagle sipper. It's now available in the Regal Eagle Smokehouse in Epcot. And uh, for the low, low price of $16.29, random, uh, you can get your choice of assorted Coca-Cola offerings and drink out of Sam the Eagle's head. Um, I put on Twitter, uh, this is my favorite thing that's happened in 2023 so far. So uh, I am excited at the option and offerings of uh, a Sam Eagle sipper. It's, uh, it's kind of weird, if I'm being completely honest, but at the same time, I want one, and I want one real bad, and I will pay $16.29 for one <laughs> to sit right next to my orange bird on, on, on a shelf where I can, again, dust said plastic thing. This is what we do as Disney fans. <laughs> yep. You know, we uh -huh. collect these useless pieces of plastic. We pay way too much for them. Here's the thing. If they were going to price it at such an odd price point, $16.29, why did they... It's a Sam Eagle sipper. Why the hell did they not price it $17.76? Oh, my... Disney really missed the point on that one. 
they could have made a little more money and it makes sense uh -huh. by the way 1000 percent. oh man I would have paid 1776. In fact, I may ask them if I can pay 1776 for my Sam Eagle sipper. Maybe with tax it comes out to 1776. Oh, that's a good idea. That's that's a good thought. Although it's what is tax like 10%, so uh no, it wouldn't. No. No, but, in all um, in all honesty, if it came out with tax to 1776, would Sam Eagle appreciate that more or less? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> I I'm just saying, Disney, why don't you call and ask me these questions before you make the choices because what 1629 where did that price come from why not 17 i mean we know bob Iger listens to the show but at the same time we've been off the last two weeks so maybe maybe that one's on us that's true that's true i, I did have my phone off for the entire holiday season so maybe as, they tried to call. as you should i mean i mean you spend the holidays with your loved ones not trying to save a multi-billion dollar corporation so, you know, there's that. Yeah, sixteen twenty nine. that's a very random price point. But, but then again, Bob, this is this is for a random item. <laughs> I, I actually have a group chat with the Bobs on my cell phone. And, um, mm. <laughs> you know, one of them has gone quiet recently. But I, but Bobby Iger, where are you at, man? I come on. Yeah. How is that? How is that group chat over Christmas? <laughs> Awkward. I'd say so. Yeah. We tried to call a truce on Christmas Day and at least send out some wishes, but uh, no, no, we got ghosted by uh, old Bobby Chaps. Mm, mm. Not really in the spirit, I guess. Well, well, at least he has his money to tide him over. He is the ghost of Disney past. <laughs> that sweet, sweet golden parachute he got to go to the house. <laughs> I want to live that buyout lifestyle. Same. I'd love to fail at my job and be paid millions of dollars for it. Heck yeah. Sign me up, baby. CEOs and college football coaches, they get they get paid millions of dollars to be bad and then just go away. Yeah, love it. We'll do it. Ready to do it now. If someone wants to pay me a million dollars to stop doing the Passholder Lounge, hit me up. Yeah, I'll 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 do it for half that. I will I will <laughs> undercut Justin Monorail. I I will stop doing the Passholder Lounge for five hundred thousand dollars. How about that? <laughs> I will never podcast again for $500,000. I, I will get off the internet for $500,000. <laughs> I am here to sell out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like a deal. Uh, well, uh, speaking of selling out, um, uh, After Hours at Magic Kingdom, the opening night, which is tonight, as a matter of fact, has sold out. Um, that joins the two previous sold out dates at Hollywood Studios, one that happened last week and one that is happening this Wednesday. Now, if you and your party are still interested in doing After Hours in Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, you do still have quite a few dates, uh, but... As we saw with after our ticketed events in Disney's or in Mickey's Not So Scary and Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, uh, these after our ticketed events do tend to sell out. So I would get in while the getting is still good. These after hour events do run through the end of March. Again, still got a little bit of time, but your dates are going to be less and less as time goes on. Um, uh, now these price ranges run anywhere on the <clears throat> low end. Uh, it was 135 if you were a, a DVC or pass holder, you got a discount down to 105. Now your uh, <clears throat> again low end is going to be 145, uh, and the discounted price is going to be 115, all the way up to about a buck sixty per person in your party. Um, 
I like the after hour events. Um, in theory, you can get in with lower crowds. You can get in on most of, if not all the attractions. But again, going back to what we we're talking on Tower of Terror earlier, I saw some posts on social media that made me kind of like, like, are we sure this is an after hour event with, with uh, reduced crowd capacity? Because uh, Tower of Terror, if I remember correctly, like the line at the end of the night was almost to the entrance of Hollywood Studios. Now, granted, this was the opening night for the after hours Hollywood Studios at night event. So there was a lot of excitement, big crowd, but ooh, holy guacamole. Um, you pay the premium to get into the parks in theory, so you don't have to deal with lines like that. But then you see stuff like that, it's like, ooh, you have to ask yourself, is it worth that premium price? <sighs> this is what I've been saying all along about all these after hours parties. They I get it, people want to go and and they're gonna Disney wants to get every dollar that they can, but they oversell them. And I, <laughs> So it's sort of, okay, if you're Disney, I get it, get that money, but as a person attending an after-hours event, does it make it more likely that it's one and done for you because you go and have a bad experience because it's oversold? So I, I just, I don't know. I I think the, the whole, of course, the whole value of an after-hours event is lower capacity, low wait times. But if you can't deliver low wait times, a free ice cream bar is only going to go so far in terms of the value that I'm getting. <laughs> I will make it up. Trust me, I'll make it up on ice cream bars. I will gorge myself on ice cream bars. It's ice cream bars and drinks, Jay. Well, not and alcoholic so drinks. Yeah. Sody pop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will have yeah. all the sody pop my little heart can desire, but I don't know. And I mean, um, like, like for for the price in Magic Kingdom. I mean, Magic Kingdom's close to two hundred dollars to get in during regular park hours, and it's like, I mean, you're looking at like one forty five to. A, 159 on almost all of these after hour events. And it's like, I mean, if the draw is smaller crowd capacity, so you don't have to wait two and a half hours to ride seven dwarves. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. I do not know. I speaking of, well, you know what? This is the theme of the day. If we're just talking about increasing the price arbitrarily for the Sam Eagle sipper, why not just in, if okay, balance it out. Increase the price. If you're selling these out, increase the price of the after hours event so people actually like you can lower capacity, you break even, but people actually feel like they're getting the value. I am much more likely to pay nearly two hundred dollars for an after hour event if I know the rides are like ten minutes or less walk on. I yeah. honestly like especially if we're talking Hollywood Studios, you keep Rise open. Like you could sell that for probably two fifty a piece. Yeah, I mean, if, if if you if you could guarantee like something like Rise of the Resistance is near Walk On, a lot of people would would look at that and be like, okay, that's worth it. Yeah, it's it's almost like you got. I guess you got to find that sweet spot between what you pay for like a VIP tour. If you I, and and I got to price this out because maybe I'm I'm way talking off base here, but like. Let assume let's just assume a VIP tour for ten people costs five thousand dollars or something, and I don't know that I could be right or wrong, but let's just say it's that. Um, uh, and and the the benefit of course of a VIP tour is you get to go to whatever park and walk on whatever ride, you know. Um, so you don't want to take the value away from the VIP tours. I get it. But you can still lower capacity a little bit, raise that price a little bit, find that sweet spot between 
our average day in a in a VIP tour. That's all I'm saying. And I I'm not one to encourage Disney to take more money from us. I'm just saying, what's the <laughs> point? Well, you say that, but you've done it. You've done it twice. I think twice in, in, in what back to back news story. Yep, in back to back news stories, you've said Disney should charge more for this. <laughs> so 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 maybe maybe you are. <laughs> um, I'm here to. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and out myself, guys. I I. Disney has inserted me on this podcast just to tell us all we should be spending more money. He's a sleeper agent. <laughs> Wait. Oh my God, it's Bob Chapik under a J mask. I knew it. <laughs> Look at the shit. You couldn't see because of the light glaring off my bald head, but it is me, Bobby Chaps. <laughs> I knew it. And he would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for, uh, for those mangy kids and their dog, too. <laughs> the mangy kids. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh it, my it, god. It, you, you you really think Scooby is the only mangy one in that crew? Come on. Oh, for sure Shaggy is too, but I don't know if they're all mangy. Like I don't, I don't think Daphne's mangy. Yeah, that's 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 true. She's she's like probably has good hygiene and and Velma and Fred do. Pro- okay, so so just Shaggy and Scooby. They're Yeah, they're the, they are yeah, for sure. Those are the mangy ones. Yeah, Shaggy Shaggy probably needs to have his own flea collar, if we're being honest. Yeah, he does. He he looks like he carries diseases. And, <laughs> oh, most and definitely. Bugs. Most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Zoinks. Zoinks, indeed. Um, uh, so that's all the news that I have uh, Disney-wise. But I do want to throw this out here, Jay. Um. And this kind of is going to dovetail into a question of the week and a conversation that could pertain to Disney. Um, uh, you know, I'm a fan of the sweet science of professional wrestling. Mm. Um, in the wrestling world, uh, Vince McMahon announced that he is forcing himself back onto the board of directors of WWE. Uh, you might remember last year he uh, retired. I use that in uh, quotations after... Uh, allegations of sexual misconduct came out against him and uh what do they call it misappropriation of nearly 20 million dollars came to light um mm-hmm. vince is reinserting himself back onto the board for possible sales of the world wrestling entertainment empire as a whole yeah. selling the yeah. wwe and the figure the term the number that's been thrown out there is multi-billion dollars so um Naturally, there are only a few companies out there that could, in theory, buy the WWE if it went up for purchase. And one of those companies' names that has been brought up is Disney. How would you as a Disney fan feel about the WWE having representation inside the parks? Interesting. Well, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when there was wrestling in the parks Mm -hmm. because... You know, the WCW used to have a show that was filmed in MGM. Yep. Um, so, like, I remember that happening. And I, and I felt like, honestly, it's sort of a good fit because it's it's sports entertainment. And we all, I mean, come on. Wrestling, it's still real to me, damn it. But, yes, yeah, of course. It's, <laughs> it's sports entertainment. Um, and I feel like if you do it right, it's you're not going to have wrestlers in the Magic Kingdom. Um, you're not going to have wrestlers in Animal Kingdom. You see wrestlers in Epcot. <laughs> in fact, I just saw that Johnny Gargano. Was, yeah, yeah, uh, Johnny Gargano wasn't wasn't uh, Epcot this uh, past weekend. So they're already there. And actually, I I have seen Kevin Owens in Epcot myself. Um, so they go there. But 
I would think incorporate them into Hollywood Studios. Why not? Like, bring it back. I think if there's money to be made, I'm sure Disney will make that evaluation. Now, the question is, do they feel like that's an area they want to go into? I don't know. But I, but I do feel like it fits. I, I, there's a big crossover of Disney fans and wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Well, and and when when I say Disney's been brought up buying the WWE, I think it's I think you would see more representation on something like ESPN, on something like ABC. But at the same time, I do think if the WWE was purchased by the House of the Mouse, we would see some representation of. Oh sure the WWE in the parks because yeah, I mean yeah. like like you mentioned WCW at one point set up home in MGM and shot yeah. on a regular basis both both yep. uh Monday Nitro Monday Night Nitro and uh and their uh syndicated show that ran on Saturday nights yep yeah i never got to see one of those shows which makes me sad but um it's cool that they did it it's it's a nice mm. little piece of history for the park and and it would be it'd be fun if they could do that if they did have that you know, ownership interest or just wholly owned. Um, if they brought that back, not maybe not like as a constant thing, but just do some wrestling stuff in the park. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it, I think I think what you said it doesn't necessarily have to be a constant year round basis, but I mean bring it or bring it around for something like WrestleMania. Yeah, I think I, 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 I would love it. I think that would be cool. Or or you could have something similar to you know in Hollywood studios and the star Wars uh, Bay where you could go meet like Chewbacca and Darth Vader have like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> the Miz is going to be here from like, like, like uh, one to five doing meet and greets. Oh, but dress them up in costumes like star Wars costumes, even better. Okay. Let- I love this idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Miz as princess Leia. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Mickey cut that check, make it happen. But yeah, uh, but I'm I mean I, I'm I'm obviously a wrestling fan. I think this would be cool. But I'm curious what you, the lovely listener, would think about. A should Disney even entertain this? Because I mean they have a streaming service in Disney Plus. They could put the back catalog of the WWE Network or what was the WWE Network on. Um, they could carry their premium live events or if you're old school like us, uh, pay per view events on. Or they could put it on Hulu. Uh, they own that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or ESPN Plus. I mean, they have plenty of streaming options. But is this something Disney should even entertain? And if Disney does go down this path, what would you think about seeing? WWE wrestlers in the parks. Get at us on the socials at Does Does Disney at Landos uh, at the PHL Pod. I suppose if you want to get in on this conversation, Jay as well. Uh, sure. Cool. All right. Yeah. You, I'm, I'm going to drag you into this conversation, but let us know and uh, we'll read some of your answers on next week's episode. Sounds great to me. Okay. So uh, that's all I have this week. This is the part of the show where we do the plugs, Jay. We talked about it on the top of the show. This week is a big week for the Pass Holder Lounge, or dare I say, the Pass Holder Lounge Live, because Tuesday, you're doing it live, pal. Tell us what's up. Yeah, yeah. We're entering a whole new era. It's it's very exciting. I've shamelessly plugged it throughout this episode, <laughs> but Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, on the Pass Holder Lounge YouTube channel and Twitch. I set up a Twitch um we will be going live for the first time and doing what i think is the most ideal form of this podcast which is a live interactive version of the show where people can watch comment interact with us as we do the show 
Still going to have a similar format to what we had before in that I'll be bringing on people who can join me live. We'll be having conversations. We'll be having drinks. But I'm starting to sort of brainstorm some ideas because what I think would be really cool would be to have a setup where people could sort of like drop in during the show and and join for a little while. And then we can like cycle through a bunch of people and they could all be part of it. I'm going to maybe start thinking about how to make that happen. But for now, um, it'll usually be at least me and, and hopefully a few other people. And, and on this first show, I think you might see some familiar faces from Dawes Does Disney, as I currently tentatively have an agreement from Steffers and the Dawes himself. So I'm excited, ready to get it started. And, and I hope you all will be there. Uh, I've got a link tree. It makes, I think, the easiest thing to do. Follow me on Twitter at the PHL pod or Instagram Passholder Lounge Podcast. Um, there you can get links from the link tree to everything from there, including the YouTube channel. And I've tweeted out a link to the show because um, it's already out there and you can like set up a reminder for it. Do it. Subscribe on YouTube. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to joining you this Tuesday. I will be there Tuesday night. Uh, Steffers, as Jay said, should be making her triumphant return Tuesday night as well. So uh, looking forward to getting the band back together for the debut of Passholder Lounge Live. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, Jay, do you want to tease, maybe even announce what we're going to be talking about? Or oh, you, sure. <laughs> or, or do you, you want to save that reveal for Tuesday night? No, I, I'm happy to talk about it now because I did put it out on Twitter. Um, and I, I just I want to kick the show off with a bang. And there is no more uh, divisive topic uh, that I can think of to kick off the show with than Animal Kingdom and its place amongst the Walt Disney World parks. I personally am going to tell you, I think that it deserves to be mentioned among the best of the best but not everyone agrees. So our topic for Tuesday night, and I'm sure we'll talk about it occasionally, is true or false, Animal Kingdom is the best Walt Disney World theme park. And then we will support our statements with our own debates, facts, opinions, whatever it may be. Dr. Jacqueline was very stressed out when I said that there was no criteria for what determines the best. <laughs> but that's sort of what the Passholder Lounge is about. We're like getting stressing, away from being... stressing your listeners out. Yes. I, I well, don't, stressing. I, I don't know if this is friends. if this is a great idea. Then, <laughs> yeah, no, but like you know, I tend to be very rigid, rigid, and follow rules very closely and criteria and all that. And so I'm trying to loosen up. That's the Passover Lounge is about being loosey goosey, and so that's what we're going to do. And I think it's going to be a good time. So show up, defend your argument. If you say that that the Animal Kingdom is not the best, you're wrong. But you have to tell me why. <laughs> I'm looking forward to some very spirited debates, uh, maybe fueled on by some spirits themselves. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to make a regular appearance, but for the very first episode of the Passholder Lounge Live, I, Landon the Dozdone, will be there. Looking forward to this Tuesday when it kicks off, what, 8 o'clock Eastern Eight. Standard Time? 8 p.m. Eastern, yes. Perfect. It's going to be fun on the bun. You really are just just kicking a hornet's nest on episode one, and I love it. That, I know. I, that's the idea. <laughs> fireworks from the start. Somebody chose violence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking of fireworks, that just made me think of uh, the fact that this weekend, this past weekend, was the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. Congratulations to all of you yeah. who were able to run. It, awesome. Whether you did the 
dopey challenge, the 5K, 10K, half, or the full. Congratulations to all of you. You, Like I said on Twitter, you inspire me not to run, but you do inspire <laughs> me. And I'm very proud of all of you. 1,000%. Uh, what, whatever leg you ran, uh, congratulations on your amazing accomplishment. That is something that I straight up can't do. So uh, good job on you. And uh, and and you did it. And you, and you got your fun little medal. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure just, just a killer experience, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looked like it was great. I mean, there's so many. I, I hate to like individually single anyone out that I know that ran because I know I'll forget people. But um, if I didn't say to you directly on Twitter, like when you posted or Instagram, congratulations, take this as me saying to you, congratulations. Very proud of you. You know, you're all my favorite members of the Monorail family. <laughs> and uh, at least some of us are staying in shape out there. Yeah, yeah. Somebody has to be healthy in the uh, Monorail fam because it's certainly going to be these two ding-dongs. Uh, follow me on Twitter, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Doan. I'm the best. Landon Doan, not the rest. That's where you can follow me, 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, buttmuchchips.com, buttmuchchips. Sit on your butt and munch. That's where you can find stuff I did in my college radio days. I remember when I was talking about how I'm a fan of the sweet science of professional wrestling. I used to have a wrestling podcast near fall radio. Old episodes are posted there as well. I also appear on the Phil show news talk. 987.com is where you can find that streaming six to 10 a.m. Eastern standard time, Monday through Friday. Yes, they are unfortunately making us work full work weeks again. I, I, I really got used to not having to work on Mondays over the holidays. That was, that was really nice, but back to the grind 2023 uh, Monday through Friday, but you can find that news talk 987.com also available in the iHeartRadio app and the news talk 987 app as well. Uh, Jay, any final thoughts before we hit the dough? I just want to say once again, happy new year to all of you. It's so good to be back on the mic. I hope you had a great holiday season and, Whatever your resolutions may be, whether you stick to them or not, you know, I, I hope you have a great year and let's do this thing together. We're going to have some fun in 2023 and I hope that I get to see so many of you in the parks this year and uh, and share a drink or, or just a laugh and, and maybe a snack or two and, um, you know, do, do the thing right. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, speaking of New Year's resolutions, did you make any? Yeah, it was not to make a New Year's resolution. So, so, so how's that going? I failed because I did make one. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And (laughs) it was, yeah, I failed it from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. I've already, I've already broken all my new year's resolutions. Uh, I I think I actually broke some biblical commandments too. So, so, so 2023 (laughs) is just, just off to a hot start. Uh, no, I, uh, the new year's resolution I've made is I'm going to be meaner and I'm going to get fatter and more cynical. So, uh, so far, so great. Good. Two thumbs up. And also, and also give helpful tips on your podcast occasionally. Yeah, now, okay. Occasionally, occasionally I'll agree to just not every, week. <laughs> not every week, everybody lower their expectations, even though they were low to begin with. <laughs> But uh, thank a cast member and thank a team member, Disney and Universal. Take care of them. Treat them like the rock stars that they are because uh, we we love coming down to your parks. Heck, we even tolerate spending all of our money at your parks. But without them, none of what you have going on happens. So treat them and pay them a living wage. Take care of them and uh, be decent to each other. Take care of each other. Uh, You don't know what everybody else has 
going on in their lives uh, costs you nothing to be nice and you don't know how far a kind word or a kind gesture will go. And uh, be decent to yourself. Take care of yourself. Uh, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. I'm, uh, and breathe. Have a little bit of fun. And if you can do both of those things, that would mean the world to me. My name is Landon Doan. His name is Justin Monorail. Together, we are Does Does Disney. Thank you all so much for listening. Welcome back to the Isolation Station. Love. Look forward to a great 2023. We'll see you back here next week. Take care, y'all. Stay tuned for the secret sound, you Jedi scum. Like, like I do bad things to my body, but that is a bridge too far. I guess people put, what, ghee in their coffee? What is that? Um, it's sort of like butter. Um, and it's all about, like, calories, and it's supposed to be for people who are, like, you know, athletes and working out a lot and stuff. So I'm sure that's what he's going for, but it's just, why does it have to be mayonnaise? People put butter in their coffee? Ugh, Yeah. Let me see exactly what ghee is because what? that's that's what I've heard. I don't even know how you spell ghee. <laughs> yeah, but, it, it's like whatever it is. I feel like there's a sixty percent chance you're uh, not pronouncing it correctly. I don't no, know I'm saying it right, but I just don't Are know how you? you spell it. I am, <laughs> but I really have no clue how you. Is it just again? I don't know what you're talking about, but I I'm pretty G-H-E-E. sure you're mispronouncing it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not. It it wasn't like the most unique story ever, but like it was it was fresh enough, and I thought it was really well done. I I I cried at the end. Surprise, surprise. Well, you cry at commercials. Like it was good enough that I at the end of it, I I felt entertained. I felt like we got our money's worth, and I was like, that was a that was a good movie. It wasn't like when you know there have been plenty of kids movies I've gone to, and I'm like, holy crap, why did we waste our time and money? Like Boss Baby, Every, Boss <laughs> Baby makes me angry when I think about it because it's just a, such a waste of time. But I really like this one. Uh, but then it sort of became like a lottery, just like the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster or anything else. Yeah. But but at least you don't have to wait seven hours, which I think it, you're you're. Getting your disappointment out of the way if you don't get it. And it's just it's over with. Yeah, and you don't have to wait in line for your disappointment either. Exactly. Mm-hmm. To me, I much prefer that. Disappointment on the go. <laughs> I think that was on my Tinder profile at one point. <laughs> All right, you ready? Ready. All right. Maximum effort. Well, it's the DOZ on the POD welcoming me to talk some Walt Disney. What's up, everybody? It's 2023, and the Podfather is back to drop a rhyme on you fools. Woo! What's up, everybody? JC in the hizzy. I don't know what happened. Do you want me to rap again? Yes, that, that'd be super helpful. As, <laughs> as a matter of fact, you could do like a theme song. That'd be great. <laughs> the menu for the upcoming Festival of the Arts, or as it's lovingly called on this podcast, Farts. Because, uh, you know, Festival of the Arts, F-Arts, Farts. Farts are hilarious, ladies and gentlemen. That, that is what I'm bringing to the podcast in 2023. So buckle up, baby. We're here for fart jokes. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of getting in something outside, I got to tell you this. So. <laughs> Um, over the last like couple of months, I believe I have a theory about this, but has found dead animals 
on her patio. The first was a squirrel, like a fully intact squirrel that she had me come over and remove for her because she was too grossed out to do anything <laughs> about it. The second was, she said, I don't know if it's like a rat or a mouse or whatever. So I went over there last night and I think one of the main reasons she invited me over was so I'd take care of her dead rodent problem on her patio. <laughs> um, hey, man's got to have his worth. Yeah, but I look out the window at it, and all it was, it was a, it was, it used to be a rat. All it was was the tail, and then some glands that were like attached to the tail, like right on the ass end of this thing. What the? And that's hell? that's all that was left. And she looked at it. She was like, "Oh my gosh." When I saw it a couple days, because it had been there a couple days, she's like, when I saw it a couple <laughs> days ago, there was definitely like more of it than that. Oh. So I peeked at it. I was looking at it. I was like, it almost looks like, because all I saw at first was the tail and a little chunk at the front. And I was like, it could be like a snake with something around its head or something. She's like, no, <laughs> there was like more to it. It was really bloody like yesterday and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay. So I went out and got a close look at it and I found out that it was like a piece of a rat. Well, we go inside and we were, we were watching like reality TV and having some wine. I'm like, okay, I need to take care. I was getting ready to leave. I was like, let me take care of this rat thing for you. And so I go out it, more of it had been removed and the tail was in a different position. And I was like, okay, here's what's happening. I think a cat, I think is bringing her presence. I was like, I think you have an admirer and I'm worried that you're going to piss off the cat if we like toss this thing away. Like it can't see it happen. I was like, so we started like trying to call for a cat to see if a cat would come out. Nothing was coming out. So I picked it up. We wrapped her little uh, fireplace shovel in, um, in Reynolds wrap. And then I just like <laughs> launched it. Um, and uh, so I got rid of it, but like, I, I think, I think she has like a feline admirer that is bringing her presence. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff I can do well. Heck, there's even a couple things I can do very well. But when it comes to graphic design, that is one thing I cannot do at all. Thankfully, I have a friend in Matt and love of the mouse multimedia. You know and love their work. The sleek and soon-to-be-beloved logo for this very podcast, Does Does Disney, that was them. The classic morning monorail logo and all its variants, that was love of the mouse too. And not only does Love of the Mouse have an incredible talent for graphic design, they're easy to work with and collaborate. They listen to your ideas and suggestions, then they bring them to life. So if you're looking to start your own blog, podcast, YouTube channel, Etsy shop, whatever creative outlet that you're thinking of, Love of the Mouse can help your brand to stand out in the crowd. Connect with Matt on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching Love of the Mouse Multimedia or at L-O-T-M Multimedia or visit loveofthemousepodcast.com or email loveofthemousepodcast at gmail.com to contact him about your design needs. We're talking logos, social media promos, advertisements, websites, and so much more. And if you're uh, looking for some more awesome Disney content, make sure and subscribe to his show, Love of the Mouse Podcast, on your favorite streaming applications. And tell him the Dawes sent you. I, I, I don't know if that'll get you anything up. I just always wanted to say that. Yeah.